having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great. But having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E, 2-0. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs, a podcast. I'm Nate Smith. Funny story. I am toothless. I am missing a front tooth. What? So, yeah. So, if you what? if you uh, hear me lifting a little bit on this podcast, now you know why. I uh, When did this happen? What happened? So, I, I actually, when I was a kid, I got in a bike accident at about uh, 13, and uh Busted my uh, front uh, middle tooth in half, and it's never been the same. So I have a cap on it, and um, I've been into an apple uh, yesterday, and <laughs> and that was all she wrote for my tooth. So <laughs> if I am lisping a little bit, uh, please forgive me. So oh my goodness, that's you, you know it's so funny because I go in for my first mm-hmm. dentist appointment in a few years tomorrow. I'm, I'm well, well, that's the funny thing. I literally saw my dentist last week, so <laughs> now I got to call him and be like, "Yeah, I need to get back in like as soon as possible." Yeah, so exactly. yeah, oh, so that that's super fun. Well, anyway, so if I sound a little uh, s-y today, if my s's are a little bit more prominent, now you know why. <laughs> <laughs> but that's if I have a hard time saying Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> You're pulling a deli right now. You know, yeah, exactly. Gotten I'm right gutting it through. Well, it's not as if it was a dead tooth. So it's not as if, like, you know, I'm in great pain or anything. It was. It oh, was I don't care. Uh, no, you got to <laughs> talk that up and milk it out. Milk, you know? There you go. Yeah. Well, I. I so my kids have already. Actually, my friend already renamed my Netflix account uh, Apple Tip. <laughs> Apple Tooth is now my profile. So, oh. and I, I'm like, well, you can't call it Apple Tooth. You got to call it iTooth. 
So. Oh right, right, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, so it's been an adventurous, adventurous weekend for me, and of course, I had my bowling league last night, and I was very happy. I was masking the entire time. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I I feel a, a a bit like a hillbilly, but hey, I'm gutting it out. So there we go. Um, so a fun football weekend this weekend. Uh, the Browns won. And as, um, you know, I read any time that three AFC Central fan bases can put aside their differences and celebrate the collapse of the Steelers, it is a, <laughs> it is a good thing, as uh, you were telling me before the podcast. <laughs> Who day, baby? Who day? <laughs> That's what's up. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I mean, I heard the rumors about how bad Ben had looked, but I hadn't yeah. really seen him, you know? And from what I saw today, oh, my goodness. It's, it's over. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. Because, like, as a Bengals fan, like, I will not believe Big Ben is done until he's, you know, out of the league. You know what I mean? Like, I refuse to believe he's done until I've seen him retire. So, uh, but he looked toast. I couldn't believe it. I cannot believe it. So, oh my goodness. I'm, you know, I'm, I told you before we started recording, I'm so jazzed. And it's because Big Ben sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, tell me how you really feel. And the Browns look good today. Um, oh man! Well, it's beautiful. Twenty-six you know, it's to like, six. Man, you know it, the Bengals and the Browns haven't been at the top in such a long. It's been like since the eighties. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's literally been since the eighties. So it's a you know all we need is the Mark Price, you know Brad Darty Cavs to appear. So yeah, and we have a lot of uh, Cavs news over the weekend as I. Uh, Try not to uh, lisp through the uh, podcast here. Um, the uh, there was uh, Kevin Love news. Uh, him on. Uh, so this is pretty funny. He was on. Uh, what is it? The shop, which is really funny because before the new one dropped, I was actually watching the old one with him and like. Um, uh, from the first season when he was talking about mental health and it was like him and Gronk and, you know, uh, talking about Tom Brady and LeBron James just being wired different. And, you know, Kevin Love talked a lot about mental health on that particular episode of The Shop, which is LeBron James's, you know, barbershop show. Okay. okay. Um, I wasn't exactly sure what this show was, but I didn't even know that – it was a LeBron show at all. Yeah. So super fun. Uh, basically, Kevin Love just says, you know, about Jerry Colangelo's comments. And it was, uh, <laughs> uh, F that, F him, <laughs> basically. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. And the, the best part, though, is, is Wanda Sykes looks at the screen and goes, F you, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Which I I think is completely classless because you just, like I said, you don't do that to a guy that's making a sacrifice to your team. And, of course, Kevin Love said 
one of the things that he wanted, he wanted somebody to point the finger to in case they lost. They could say, well, you know, part of it was because we didn't have a big man because we were counting on Kevin Love. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but... Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I'm... uh, like I, I was telling you before we started recording, like the what stood out to me about um, his little uh, the little clip was uh, the fact that he was talking to LeBron about the situation. Yeah, um, which was, well, he should have been. Yeah, right, right. So it's it's cool that um, like it's just funny to reflect and know like these guys have such a close bond and are able to talk about you know basketball issues like that. Well, and, and, you know, one of the things about Kevin and, you know, I feel like the off season has been so negative that I'm actually happy to see, uh, you know, negative in terms of Kevin Love. I'm happy to see Kevin Love fired up and excited and having something to prove, having a chip on his shoulder that I'm excited about that. And, you know, I'm, I'm honestly like F the haters. You know, like, I feel like so many people have gotten so down on Kevin Love. I'm ready to go the other way now. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, just just F them, Kevin. (laughs) Light it up. It's so funny. Like, uh, I mean, he won us a championship. I mean, you shouldn't have to buy a beer in Cleveland ever again. Like, yeah, he he made one of the three biggest plays in the history of the Cavs. Exactly. The block, the shot, and the stop, and this, uh, the block, the shot, and the stop. He made the stop. You know, exactly. That's what's even more mind blowing is the fact that he did something that he actually is not great at. You know, but put the effort in. Oh, he was tremendous. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean. The, I mean, that's the hope, you know I mean? Like, yeah, to me, like Kevin Love should have so much more grace than he gets and get so much more of the benefit of the doubt over, you know, playing with a bunch of young kids who've never won anything. And I'm fine with them. And, you know, Kevin Love makes a lot of money and from a, you know, actually being available standpoint, hasn't lived up to that contract, but that's not his fault. That's. And he's not going to give back the money, nor should he. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited to see what Kevin Love can bring this year and what his role is. And, I, you know, one thing you can say about Kevin Love is he never talks out of church. You know, he's never said a bad word about LeBron. I've never seen him dog a teammate. You know, you can see his frustrations, but he leaves it on the court and he leaves it in the locker room. You know, yeah, and a lot. I mean, he's not a guy that throws his teammates under the bus. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Like, I think there have been moments he's had bouts of unprofessionalism and frustration, which is yeah. understandable because he's he wants to win. You know, well, I mean, yeah, you know, and that's what he like. It's so weird, like, uh, you know, when they gave up on the they gave up on the plans like ten games into that season. Uh, into the the, was, the yeah. Yeah, Collins' rookie season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like, uh, <laughs> you know, I can't. If I was Kevin Love back then, I'd be like, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah, you I just signed a four-year extension. Service. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, so the bouts of unprofessionalism and you know whatever are on him, but as a general thing, like 
he's the one that's had the success in the organization. Literally, yeah. who else has? You know, like who else right. can talk to him about how to win in the NBA? You know. Yep. So yeah, no, he's the reigning veteran on the team. So I'm yeah. I'm hoping he is a great presence this year and he's ready to kick some ass. So. <laughs> that is that would be awesome. I know. Yeah. It's lonely on Love Island, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and so in other, I guess, tangentially cat of related news, you've got the Ben Simmons trade watch, which hasn't really moved much since last week, other than Ben Simmons' teammates were gonna get on a plane and fly out to see him and he told them not to bother. <laughs> He doesn't want to see him and he doesn't want to be back. And, you know, there's a lot. I I really enjoyed the, I don't know if it was a meme, but the report basically was that, you know, a lot of the reason the Sixers are saying nice things about Ben Simmons is not because they actually mean it. They just want to build his trade value back up. Oh, sure. Which, which is super funny. Um, And we've seen a lot of fake trades, uh, you know, I think there was that one going around where it was like four firsts from the Cavs, plus like Rubio and Sexton. Wow. Or not Rubio and Sexton, Rubio and Chetty. Um, and, and I think three of them were top, two or three of them were top four protected. Um, and and that seems pretty steep, but if you're not giving up any part of your core, maybe that makes sense. But um, I I have a hard time seeing the Cavs doing that. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I this is the first I've heard it. Um, and you said it was just Rubio and Chetty, is what it was. Yeah, just a, just and and salary. four first rounders. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, the the four first rounders is ludicrous. Like, I mean, because I mean, because they, they would go so far into the future. You know what I mean? Like, um, what do you? What are those last two picks? They've got to be in like, you know, the twenty thirties or something. You know what I mean? Or something crazy. You know, well beyond. I believe it's like twenty twenty seven or twenty twenty eight. Okay, so yeah, I mean, to the end of the decade. Yeah, I don't know about that. Like, I could see giving up the picks that you have been like, whatever's commensurate with the length of uh, Simmons' contract. You know, would be fair game, I would think, or a fair price to pay if you're Cleveland. But like beyond that, I mean, does like does Ben want to stay beyond the four years? I don't know. You know, there was those rumors that he wanted to go to L.A or California was like his destined preferred destination. So, uh, LA or golden state, I think. So, I mean, I just can't, there, the, Maury's waiting to take it. Like Maury's waiting to take advantage of a sucker. Let's not be the suckers. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like he's, Oh yeah, exactly. He's asking for a ludicrous price. You know, why are, you know, if anything, I, I don't know. Like, do, don't you think the, don't you think the price goes down if this goes into the season? You would think, um, it's going to be a huge distraction. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. the longer he sits, the less valuable he is to the Kings, you know. <laughs> 
Or not the Kings. Sorry, I was just reading oh, I a... I thought that was a... Okay, I thought it was a No, joke. it was not a joke, but... No, I was just reading a report that said... You know, this is from yesterday. It said, okay. uh, it's a done deal. The Kings is a done deal. Of course, I don't actually believe that. But, uh, I mean, it's... I mean, I think I think the Kings and the Cavs are getting played here or used here as like to drive up the price for either Golden State or you know God knows who. I don't. Know. I I don't think it's going to be Golden State because of course uh, Joe Lacob got fined last week. You heard oh, about that? Happened? Because he was basically saying hey, uh, we don't think Ben Simmons would be a good fit. Uh, we don't think he's a great fit with. Uh, you know, Draymond Green and, He's you know, they can't, this? yeah. And we can't, can't really share the floor, you know, so we don't, we're, we don't have a lot of interest there. And of course he was fine for that because, That's you know, right. well, it is because not only is it tampering to drive the value of a player up, but if you are making comments in public driving the value of a player down, that's also tampering. You know, no, I, I, I don't have a problem with the fine. I think it's warranted. Um, okay, gotcha, gotcha. You know, and he falls out of bed and makes, I think it was $50,000. Oh, okay. So it was just yeah. Like yeah, was yeah. Lunch money. He, he, he didn't buy that ivory back scratcher this week. <laughs> That's an old Simpsons joke. It was a good one. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's certainly, I don't know how long it's going to go on. I mean, I've seen the three-team deals with uh, John Wall and, you know, the Cavs and Kevin Love. And I do you think, think he's gone. Do you think he gets moved before the season starts? I just think they want more value than he has. And I think Daryl Morey thinks he can get a really good uh, haul for him. And I just don't know if the demand is there, especially at the salary that he is making. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think they're screwed because no matter what, this is what I heard from somebody else. But, uh, and I think it was a, a Philly fan, is that they're going to get the crappy end of this trade no matter what. They're going to be trading the best player in that trade no matter what. You know what I mean? They're not going to get plus value for Ben Simmons in any trade. I mean, wouldn't you think? No, they're not. Um, Well, the problem is, you know, they have a win-now roster, and if you are taking a bunch of young players – that those guys aren't win now players that you're right. getting back. So, now, that was, so the theory goes is that Maury's really looking for picks, so he could spin those picks into mm-hmm. either does Dame become available, does Beal become available, right? You know the, the same old song and dance. Yeah, and I'm, I, 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 I think the longer it goes on, the the more painful it's going to become. Now. If I was Ben Simmons, I would absolutely show up, talk to no one, be a total asshole, and, <laughs> and basically get uh, for, force their hand. But do, do the Harden play no defense? Yeah, you know, go out, go out to the club. But 
But yeah, until something changes there, uh, all we can do is speculate. So yeah, yeah, um, it'll be very interesting. Yeah, and uh, we'll do a bit more speculation about some other stuff after the break. Cool. Good catch. Oh, whoops. Welcome back to Kaz the Podcast. So, oh, we got we got a little beer crack in action there, huh? What what you opening up there, Chris? I know that's why I was I was just trying to look at the can here. It is I know it's a okay. It's called Jam Up the Mash. Um, it's a dry hopped sour from Collective Arts. Wait, yeah, Collective Arts in Wanaki, Wisconsin. Oh wow! Collective Arts Brewery. Yeah. Where'd you get that down in uh, your neck of the I, woods? <laughs> I got it at a Wegman's. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what a Wegman's is. Oh, you don't know what Wegmans is? It's no, what's Wegmans? A grocery store. Okay. Um, like it's, uh, I think they originated in like Syracuse, New York. Okay. Um, or you know, somewhere upstate New York, basically. And uh, no, it's a really nice uh, grocery store, and they have a decent selection of beer. And I just wanted to pick up something random. And I, well, that well, yeah, mission accomplished. Exactly. So I, but I just knew it would be good because it's a dry hop sour. So it's. That is an odd combo, because dry hop beers are usually pretty earthy. Exactly. exactly. And yeah, and sours are pretty tart. So exactly. So uh, I'm telling you, the combination of the two is really good. There was actually another brewery nice. that did a, uh, a combo of those two flavors. Can't remember it offhand, and it's hard to find. But I just saw a dry hop sour, so. I <laughs> That, that's my pitch. Man. Yeah, I I actually really like dry hopped beers. So one of my favorites oh, yeah. is uh, Shorts Brewing is a uh, dry hopped uh, double double brown ale. So it's called Good Humans. One of my favorite beers. Hey, good name. So, I like that. I like that. And, and I'm just sitting here drinking a Pepsi Zero Sugar, and yeah. <laughs> so en- enough uh, Pepsi and uh, independent brewing. Uh, plugs here let's yeah, get back that was good that was good though <laughs> so the Cavs signed a guy today uh literally signed a guy named kyle guy <laughs> hey, hey hey yeah it's the joke writes itself yeah there you go uh, he's a uva yeah charlottesville yeah and just what the Cavs needed another six foot one congo guard <laughs> but he's a training camp guy gonna be fighting for a two-way uh, he can um, shoot. He can shoot, and he, and he played for the Kings last year, right? Or was it? Yeah, was was it, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, got got a lot of people to beat out, including uh, Kevin Pangos, and um. But you got to think, you know, they're hoping for a G League guy there, probably. Yeah, yeah, I mean, two way guy. They're uh, they're definitely um, making an effort to find some shooters. So mm-hmm. with Kevin Pangos, um, Kyle Guy, um, Laurie, so they're trying to find every shooter that there's possibly out there, I guess. And speaking of shooters, we have a report this week that Dylan Windler is going to be ready for training camp, uh, which is great. Yeah, Chris Fedor. On the Hey Chris mailbag this week said he could, quote unquote, have a prominent role for the Cavs. Um, yes, I mean, that's that makes uh, 
100% sense to me, and it's welcome news, A, that he's healthy, but B, I mean, they're putting, it seems like they're putting a lot of chips in his basket for this season at backup wing. I don't know what you think. Oh, yeah, no, I think he will get a lot of minutes at, at the bench wing. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the ability to play the two and the three. Um, they even played him some at the four and some small ball lineups last year. Um, and he looked like a decent rebounder, but, um, well, it's, he's an interesting case where he's, he can't defend at the point of attack. He's just too slow footed for, uh, guards who can move, you know, you know, that are agile can, can really move off the dribble. Um, but he's a great help defender. He has great metrics as far as, I mean, his block rate and his steal rate are definitely above average. Um, and he was, a, you know, he was essentially a rookie, you know, playing last year. And, uh, and he can rebound, like you said. So um, he has some traits as a, a help, uh, a help big defender, you know, or a, a weak side wing defender or whatever. Um, he has some traits that could um, work, you know, at least uh, if he doesn't have to defend on, on the ball. So um, yeah. as a, uh, as a three, four type, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And he had a great stretch last year. I think the 20, uh, in February, like, uh, the last week of February, he had a three game stretch where he had 15, 13, and eight. Um, and he went, uh, five of six, four of four, and three of seven, uh, in that stretch. And, and at one point, it made nine threes in a row, I believe. Um, so he can definitely shoot. But he's also a guy that has never like that's the only time in his entire Cavs career we really ever got in a rhythm. Yep. Um, yep. Exactly. <laughs> and then of course he got hurt, um, you know, about a month later and was out the rest of the year. Yeah, you can really Excuse tell me. with him, especially um, what became apparent, especially with his turnovers, was just that. The speed of the game offensively, I mean, just the speed of the game in general, he was just a tick, you know. Like you said, he was just in rhythm for a very short period of time, and it was just, he doesn't, he never got the playing time, consistent playing time to really catch that rhythm and keep a more consistent rhythm, you know, so. Yeah, and positionally, I feel like they need to lock him into one or two roles. And get him comfortable before they try these things like, you know, running him at the four or running, you know, doing all these weird things. Just like give him a consistent role, let him do that. And then once that is accomplished, then kind of, you know, try him out in some of these other areas. But like like we said, his, his rebounding numbers and his block and steal rates were actually pretty solid. Um, you know, uh, despite his shooting or his, uh, his inconsistency he did have a 57 true shooting percentage, which is not bad. Um, although, well, no, it's, I guess it's bo- quite just below league average, but it, it, you know, like I said, he had his moments. So we'll, we'll see. I certainly, especially if some of these trades come around, like if Chetty is gone, I got to think he's going to get a much bigger role. Um, and the big thing with him will be, can he stay healthy? I'm rooting yeah, for him. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. 100%. You know. I mean, it just he's just, I mean, has he been with the team two years now? Three years? I think he's this is his third year. year right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. And he's played like basically ten percent, twenty percent of it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and if the Cavs trade for Ben Simmons, they'll have somebody on the same age on the team. Because so, <laughs> they're only like two months apart in age. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Like these guys that stayed forever in college versus these guys that came out, you know, super yeah, I mean, young. It was a good idea in theory. It just really never panned out. And, uh, and it sucks that Keldon Johnson was, you know, associated with the, the pick, you know. Yeah, I think the big, you know, one of the takeaways that concerns me a little, and I think, you know, Dave Zavak of uh, formerly at Fear the Sword may still be from Fear the Sword, but, you know, one of the, he had a big kind of rant on Twitter that basically older wings, the success rate on drafting older wings is extremely low. And it's so low, you should never, ever draft one in the first round. <laughs> um, you know, bring one in as a restricted free agent or, you know, take a flyer as a second round. But it's just not – it just doesn't generally work out. So uh, – we and, and probably likely because, you know, they're not athletic enough and they aren't um, – you know, if they were, they'd be gone already. So – Right. I mean, it's so funny. Like, in a league star for wings, there's like literally just five of them that are elite, you know, and then the rest is like whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, and there's a lot of guys out there, but you definitely have to carve out a role. Like, are you a defender? Exactly. Right. Are you a 3 and D? Are you a slasher slash cutter? Are you a guy that's going to, you know, shoot off the of pin downs and that kind of thing? Are you just catch and shoot guy? You know, it's. It's definitely it's definitely the case that you need to find yourself a role. And one of the things a uh, guy I follow on Twitter said today, he was like, uh, he preferred Kyle Guy to um, Denzel Valentine because <laughs> what was it? Um, what was it? He said, uh, I don't like my 13th men to think they are as good as Denzel Valentine thinks he is. <laughs> <laughs> because he has he has far too much confidence in his own abilities. <laughs> like confidence guy. Yeah, but not in a good way. <laughs> like very irrational. <laughs> yeah. Never met a shot he didn't like. Oh god, speaking of irrational confidence guys, did you hear the um the Jordan Clarkson story from this week? No, but I, I, are you talking no, about so, a clip about him? Yeah, there was. It's super funny. So uh, the local TV station did a man on the street thing and they just happened to pick Jordan Clarkson. And it was like a man on the street uh, uh, Utah jazz interview. It was like, are you a big jazz fan? He's like, yeah. Do you go to a lot of games? He's like, yeah, I go to a lot of games. <laughs> like it was just they didn't even realize that it, he played for the jazz. It was super funny. And he was a really good sport about it. So yeah. if you get a chance, check out that kid. I feel like that's staged. That's too good. Right, but but it, but it couldn't happen anywhere other than Utah either. Like, you know what I mean? You're right. <laughs> oh, my God. It cracks me yeah. up. Yeah, no, it was that's super funny. funny. He was a great yeah. sport about it, and they apologized to him, and he's like, no, it's no big deal. It was a lot of fun. But he was super nice, but he was very polite. Yeah, I, <laughs> so. love I love Jordan Clarkson, man. Like, I... Uh, I I celebrated the entire Jordan Clarkson experience. 
Yeah, man. Like, like people like love to rag on him in his game or whatever, but like I don't know, like I you know he actually really blossomed here in Cleveland. It, he did. It changed. It, he really changed and it just took his game to another level here in Cleveland. He did. Yeah. He did. And um you know, one of the things what I used to call him Chucky Clarkson because <laughs> he would just chuck every single shot. Oh yeah. Yeah. But if you're gonna be that guy make them and make them at a high level. And he did. And that's why he's a great bench player. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's why he's a reigning six man. Yeah. And I really think the way he blossomed in Cleveland was he just learned, he learned to make that pass, the obvious pass, you know? Yeah. And when he finally learned to make the obvious pass, like it kind of like freed him up to shoot that, you know, then he knew he wasn't taking, hogging all the shots, you know? Right. So, yeah. So, well, and the other thing is, is once you learn to make the obvious pass, you can fake it. And then, you know, you just do the ball pump and, and then you jack it. I mean, just the willingness to pass. There's, there's a study this week around, I think it was around Eric Gordon. And about oh, how yeah, I meant to read that the uh, yeah. five thirty eight story, right? Yeah, about how the threat of shooting a three pointer is actually just as important to spacing as actually being good at shooting three pointers. Like because you're getting the defense to respect you. <clears throat> and I feel like that's a lot of what happens when Kevin Love is on the floor for the Cavs. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. I mean, so. you know, what's funny is it, you know just the. You double back to that. I mean, it's funny. As bad as Kevin Dog did on defense, I mean, he was still probably the best offensive player <laughs> that the Cavs have. Yet still, you know what I mean. Even in his uh, even in his thirty three year old state, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure. Basic. I mean, now is the actually this season's probably the point where uh, Garland and Sexton probably surpass him, perhaps surpass him, but I mean, he still knows how to play the game, and it was all. And to your point about spacing, that's exactly what it was. Like when they asked Kobe about this, you know, at the year-end press conferences and whatever uh, the case was, the off-season stuff. Um, that's exactly what he said about Kevin's impact on the offense. Is that everybody in the NBA respects Kevin Love's offensive game? You know what mm-hmm. I mean, like. No matter what. Well, okay, okay. Everyone but Drew Holiday. Because <laughs> <laughs> Drew Holiday owns him better than any player I've ever seen. Oh, but. You're so right. <laughs> he owns, but other than Drew Holiday. He owns, he owns everybody, though, right? Yeah. No, yeah. he's really good. But he really knows how to guard Kevin. <laughs> I think that goes back to their uh, UCLA days. Oh, did they play? Uh, I believe they did. Oh, crap. Was- or they were a year apart. Yeah, no, they might have because I what didn't I think I don't know. If so now I out. now I gotta see what year he came out. So 2010, and when did Love come out? Good question. I mean, it's gotta be. And no, nope, same year. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So oh no, I Kevin Love was a year a year earlier. So uh, yeah, they were a year apart at UCLA. Wait, but did they have at one point in time Drew Holiday, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Love? No, they were a year apart because Love and um, uh, Westbrook were one and downers. 
I believe. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. 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 But yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. yeah. But I'm sure they went back and played against each other in the summer. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. But yeah, the um, yeah, I'm excited to see what Kevin Love brings to the Cavs, and uh, we'll get into more Cavs news when we're back on the break. Welcome back to Cavs the Podcast. I'm Nate Smith. And I'm here with Chris Francis. And uh, what we're Chris Francis, how's that beer? Okay, collect I am endorsing Collective Arts Jam Up the Mash. It is nice. excellent. Dry hop sour. If you like hoppy beers that have a little bit of a tartness to them, uh, it is fantastic. And well, a cool can too. Like some artsy can. Okay, you'll have to take a picture for the cover there. Oh yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, actually, good call. Good call. <laughs> what, what is it called? Jam up the works. Jam up the mash. Jam up the mash, right? Yeah. Because the mash is, of course, your first stage of brewing when it's all, you know, yeah. in a you in brew? a. Do you? I have brewed. Yes, I brewed. Oh. I probably you brewed. Like, I brewed like a half a dozen beers. Like the first one, one of my favorite ones I've ever done. We did a uh, Kolsch, which is a really hard beer to say when you're missing a front tooth, but also just one of the, uh, it is a lager that drinks like an ale, and everything I've read is if there's a beer that tastes better when it's homebrewed than it does when you buy it bottled, it's a Kolsch, because they are pretty fragile, um, and they just don't last outside of you know for too long so you want them fresh same thing with brown ales um but yeah kolsch Kolsch was great i made a uh one year i made a blackberry pale ale and i will never do it again oh really no because not good no it was great the problem was i used uh like blackberry pie filling and all the little seeds were so hard to strain out. That was the problem. Like I kept getting seeds in my oh, spigots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You totally screwed. So I mean, honestly, it's one of those things where you probably should just get a syrup afterwards. Like a lot of times when they do those fruit beers like that, they'll cold. They'll do what they call cold crash them, so that they'll uh, kill all the yeast off, and then they'll basically just inject the sugars after, so you don't over ferment. Um, they'll, they'll inject like a syrup. Yeah. I, I did that one year with, so I've done a couple times up at the brew kettle up near Cleveland. They have uh brew your own beer. It's actually a really good deal because I think it costs like a hundred, anywhere between like 120 to 150 bucks, but you literally get like 70, 22 ounce beers. So like you can't beat that for the price. Um, but you got to provide your own bottles um, right, right. or you got to buy them from them. Um, and it's really cool. Cause you can do like these uh, custom labels. Uh, so you do your own graphics and give them the custom labels and they'll print them for you. And it's a lot of fun. So I did when my wife turned 42, we went up there and we made, uh, I don't know if you read Douglas Adams, but I, I called it life, the universe and everything. Um, uh, raspberry chocolate stout, and that was really good. Um, and then, oh my yeah, 
And then another one of my favorite beer styles is ESB, which is an extra special bitter. And it's not really bitter. It's, it's, it's a kind of a malty English pub ale. And we did it for my buddy's wedding. Um, uh, it was kind of the part of the groomsman party. And then we drank it at the wedding or no, the bachelor party. And then we, uh, drank it at the wedding and, um, it was called Bride of the Monster. And so, so, which is an old Ed Wood movie, um, starring Tor Johnson, you know, same guy who did Plan 9 from Outer Space and is a famous, is a Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode. So we, I made the whole thing of him carrying the monster or carrying the bride like the monster and made it all black and white horror themed, uh, label. It was really good. And I drank a lot, lot, lot of it at the wedding. Uh, I was the best man and um, yeah, at the, I had so much of that beer that I was uh, giving him wedding night tips in front of his new mother-in-law before the, (laughs) before I, I was escorted from the premises. So. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That was, this is gonna, this is a classic one. This is a classic episode going down. We got a classic Nate story right here. <laughs> oh, that was, that was a wild, that was a wild wedding for sure. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you know, and I was just thinking, where's the, I'm surprised there hasn't been a CTB brew, like a CTB, you know, special edition or whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, no, we used to talk beer a lot more than we do because, you know, Mallory Factor was a big brewer. Uh, Nomad, who is one of our biggest commenters, um, owns his own hops business. He actually grows hops. Yeah, he's he's a hopper. And then, um, yeah, and, I, and I've brewed a bunch of beer. I, I mean, I brewed probably a half dozen more beers than that. But, yeah, I, I really enjoy brewing, and but I haven't done it in some time. So I'll have to do it again this winter. Yeah, it was a thing. Like I, uh, it was a thing people picked up uh, because of the pandemic. I thought, you know, or I saw at least. Uh, oh, I was doing it before that. Oh, sure, sure, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is like, I'm surprised you didn't lean into it while you know. <laughs> while I probably should have. Yeah, <laughs> I, I probably should have. Um, but I would definitely recommend if you're looking to get into uh, brewing, uh, that brew kettle setup where you go and brew on prem by far the easiest way to get started. It's a lot of fun. They have great food. So I, I would totally check them out. Um, one of the things with Thanksgiving coming up, uh, they usually run a Black Friday special for Brew on Premise. That's pretty darn good. So uh, so check that out. Um, yeah. Expert tips here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, not that I'm telling you to wait, but yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a pretty good setup. So why have you ever brewed or no? No, no, I had it. My best friend was super into it, so I'm, you know, I'm familiar with it. Like at least seeing some of the process, and just uh, I marvel at it and have so much respect for the people who get into it. You know, because like it, you know, the I, I realize it's a lot of hard work. Actually, you know what I mean. It it's is, but easy. But it is, but it's actually, I think it's one of those things that is not as hard as you make it out to be. Like, sure. it's okay. just beer. Um, there's a really good book. I think it's called The uh, the Art of Brewing. And uh, part of it is just, it's just beer. 
you know, if you screw it up, it's just beer. It, it's pretty hard to actually screw up if you follow the instructions and you sterilize everything. Um, right. That's that's the biggest thing is just right. wild wild bacteria, you know, giving you some off flavors and that kind of thing is probably your biggest risk. Everything after that is not that big of a deal, especially if you're doing it on a small scale. So right on, there you go. So yeah, don't uh, don't psych yourself out about it. It's not that hard of a hobby. I love it. The beer, you are the brewer, the the shaman brewer. Ah, no, not at all. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Beer is a good place to get started if you just want an easy way to get started. So, I had no idea. See, I had no idea that you I'm, I, I'm a, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, so, in Akron, uh, absolutely, if you want to get into it, the other great place is the Grape and Granary which is in the east side of Akron and they do brew on, they do brewing classes. They also do winemaking classes. They are a blast. Um, uh, been around forever, you know, great supplies. Uh, they do whole kits there that are really easy to follow. Um, so that's another place that you can go to that makes it pretty easy for you. And honestly, it's not that hard because, you know, you can get kits to brew pretty much anything you want. So the the big thing I would recommend is if you buy the stuff, don't let it sit around. Brew it right away because, you know, malt and hops, they deteriorate with age. So there you go. Wow. Wow. I, I'm, I'm like pumped. I'm really pumped <laughs> about this. <laughs> well, if you ever make it up, we should do a, uh, uh, do a, uh, you know, brew on prem for a uh, uh, Cavs the Brew. That's right, Cavs the Brew. Oh my there you goodness, go. that would be fantastic. Uh, Nomad's probably gonna buy them all out from what you know. What, I'm, what I would get. <laughs> I've I've tried to get his hops, but he's pretty cagey about his hops. Oh, so, really? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've tried to get some of his hops, and he's like, "Nah, I, I just I think they only sell them to like uh, big brewers." So. Oh, wow. So one of the things I want to do is I want to get some wild hops because uh, where I go in Michigan a lot, the wild hops grow. Um, and I, I'd love to get some wild hops and brew, brew them. That sounds really good. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Anywho, um, that is, you know, a, a more fun and less serious topic than the next topic we have to discuss. So I'm, I'm going to actually go into the break before uh, with some lightheartedness uh, before we get into kind of the meat and bones and dark marrow of the NBA offseason here uh, of all the news that we've had this last week. And uh, we'll be right back. Well, wait, wait. I mean, like- well, not, I mean, so welcome back to Kev, the podcast. Uh, during the break, Chris was haranguing me a little bit about, you know, the the non-serious to serious transition. Uh, he was, what was the story you were telling me? Okay, so it was it was a story that I learned from one of my friends in NBA chat. So one of my friends in NBA chat, he, he does a podcast for the Sixers. And uh, he caught a. He was listening to another Sixers podcast with, I guess, a major. You know, it was one of the big time ones with you know former players. It, it was. I don't know if it was a former players podcast or whatever, but uh, it had it, the guy was doing an ad read, and it was a nine eleven broadcast. He just got done talking about how 
you know, uh, kids, there were kids that are now grown up that haven't had their parents, you know, because of the tragic, uh, attack and everything. And he had to do an ad read immediately into a direct, uh, a direct TV stream ad. And it was, it was just like, it, he did it with such conviction in such a deadpan way. Like he just sold it hundred percent. And it was just like one of the funniest things. <laughs> like, like darkly humorous. Yes. It was, yeah. it was just like <laughs> the, the clip, the clip is floating around on Twitter. It went viral, like probably a week ago or something like that. Oh, geez. Like even direct TV even had to like, there was some, like, some <laughs> spokesperson on their Twitter feed where we apologize. <laughs> We apologize for this. <laughs> like, and that was really tragic. And you know what isn't tragic? Direct TV. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I listen to a lot of true crime when I'm on road trips and stuff. I'll listen to podcasts and they have always have like these dark murders. And then it'll be like, and that's when he realized he would never see his father again. McDonald's livens up your morning. <laughs> Come get a great breakfast sandwich and a cup of coffee to get you on your way. <laughs> yeah, this is too jarring. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like iHeartRadio, iHeart Podcast is so bad about that. It's like, you know, read the room, guys. <laughs> Yeah, come on. I know that's the next algorithm, right? Next <laughs> yeah, algorithm. yeah. If you, if you can match the tone to the ad, you can train a uh, AI model to do that. Uh, you you make some money there. There you go. Yeah, there you go. But <laughs> but yeah, the other big news this week was, of course. People in the NBA that uh, are kind of on the fence about vaccination. Andrew Wiggins in Cal in Golden State, who is not going to be able to play at the home games if he does not get vaccinated. You know, Jonathan Isaac is, you know, loudly anti-vax, a very devout person who plays for the Magic. Of course, we have our old friend Kyrie Irving, who's right up in Rolling Stone, can be described as you know, nothing short of nutty. <laughs> Let's just put it put it that way. The Rolling Stone article uh, is, is a pretty rough look at Kyrie Irving. The big thing was talking about how his social media is liking some pretty crazy conspiracy theories that are on, you know, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the article, quote, Kyrie Irving started liking and following posts from a conspiracy theorist who claims that secret societies are implanting vaccines in a plot to connect black people to a master computer for a plan of Satan. This Madonna, Moderna microchip misinformation campaign has spread across multiple NBA locker rooms and group chats, according to several dozen plus current players, Hall of Famers, league executives, arena workers, and virologists interviewed for the story over the past week. They talk about his aunt. I mean, and I don't want to laugh at the guy. I don't really think it's funny. Um, I'm laughing it's at an un ridiculousness. <laughs> no, and it's just an it's so preposterous. It's an unbelievably difficult time in America because there are so many people that believe this stuff. I mean, the NBA claims ninety percent of its more than four hundred and fifty players are vaccinated. Their most prominent vaccine endorser is uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They talked about Ennis Cantor said 
if you're a player and you're not vaccinated and you miss two or three weeks, it could change the whole season and teams are trying to win championships. Grant Williams is big in the NBA union and he, you know, comes from a family of scientists, the article says. But the problem with that is that they're still, you know, using it as a method of, how do I put this? negotiation and it, and it's just really difficult and my company that I work for has basically put out a vaccine expectation quote unquote and a lot of people that I work with are super upset about it and I'm like should have done it 3 months ago and you know we both have significant others that work in healthcare it's a nightmare right now the amount of people that are in the hospital and, you know, over 90% of hospitalizations are unvaccinated people. Same thing with deaths, you know, and getting vaccinated is the number one thing that you can do to lessen your risk of dying of the virus. And it's just, it, it's really sad that it feels like the age of reason is coming to an end <laughs> when people oh, yeah, are, definitely. are talking about you know, a satanic cabal by via the, the Moderna vaccine. It's just, ugh. and then you got these guys like Jonathan Isaac and I respect Jonathan Isaac and his freedom to say and do what he wants. But at a certain point it is your convictions putting your whole team at risk or do you deserve to be paid millions of dollars when there's a treatment that can reduce the odds of you getting seriously sick and dying from the virus. And of course, there are breakthrough infections. Kyrie Irving's aunt in this article talked a lot about it. Uh, the cover photo for this is the logo, Jerry West holding a coronavirus ball in uh, the NBA logo. So it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just really frustrating and sad. And, and it's a, and it's a negotiation tactic, and we're seeing it play out all over the country. I don't know. I maybe they went through this in the flu pandemic of of you know at the beginning of the 20th century. I don't know. I I just wonder sometimes how many people have to die before you know it stops being a political football. What was it I read in Twitter? You know, Kyrie Irving is a contrarian without a cause. Right, from Howard Bryant, Howard Bryant, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, some, he had some fire tweets. Yeah, who's who's Howard Bryant? Uh, he's a journalist. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I've seen him on ESPN. I'm not sure if he's still affiliated with that ESPN, but um, he's a long form journalist, like serious sports journalist. Like uh, I'm trying to remember the show. That well, he's from the UK. Uh, oh, okay. Like, like I think he used to be on that. Oh. Or yeah. No, he's he's not from the UK. This is a different Howard Bryant that <laughs> is trying to say I'm not that Howard Bryant. Sorry. No, he is part of uh, ESPN. Okay, that's what I thought. And he just had a funny tweet. Like, uh, uh, if you find it, you can just read it. But it was just something akin to just like asking like these issues of import and like having to interview players and get their opinions on. <laughs> Why the hell am I asking this guy? You know the you know the uh, you know the uh, Dave Chappelle bit, right? Every time there's a national tragedy, CNN interviews the rapper Ja Rule. 
You know, like and it, but we need to hear the thoughts and opinions of Ja Rule on this matter. You know, and yeah. then, like David Fuhel's like, "Where's Ja? Where's Ja?" You know, <laughs> he just responded 13 minutes ago. He said. You know, somebody said, you guys, y'all churning, y'all continuing to churn with the negative Kyrie content is really pathetic at this point. And his response was, Kyrie is the VP of the Players Association Executive Committee. He's in a policy shaping position for the players. He's not some anonymous member of the rank and file. And and I'm 100% with him. I mean, these are people that should be role models. These are people that Making Kyrie Irving the vice president, a guy who always has to be the smartest guy in the room and kind of a butthole (laughs) and kind of obnoxious. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? It's super annoying. And, And I don't believe everything about that article, but, you know, Kyrie Irving always has to talk in riddles and it's, you know, maddening. Just say what you believe. Try to be a leader. Don't be this contrarian to be a contrarian. And Kyrie Irving's aunt said he was talking about Dr. Falsy, blah, blah, blah. He said he's going to try and figure that out as it comes, uh, whether he's going to seek an exemption or get vaccinated or refuse to play in Brooklyn. It's not religious-based, it's morals-based, is what his aunt said. What was it she said? Uh, I'd rather them working it out that way to say, hey, if you don't get the vaccine, you can't be part of a franchise that you effing helped build but you're an employee you didn't help build the franchise they're paying you to play basketball games at a certain point availability has to be part of this and if there is a treatment that you can take that will up your odds of being available and it's legal and encouraged employers can mandate these things obviously there's collective bargaining provision as a part of this i don't see how you can responsibly not do that so, but that's me. That's my take. So personally, I got in a big spat with my cousin over the vaccine mandate by Joe Biden. And basically she had put something about like, I've never felt so attacked in my life and or something like that. I basically spent four hours researching a rebuttal to this and typed up like a 2600 word letter and basically put it on our Facebook feed. The next week, my came, company came out with a vaccine expectation. You know, one of the things my company does, and I, w- I won't name the company, but it's a large company. And it's uh, they have a very public SharePoint site. And for a long time, they allowed people to post comments on it on the general company announcements. And of course, before they put this expect this vaccine expectation out, they said, Hey, uh, we're, we're going to disable comments there. And one of the things is before they did that, I basically posted that whole article up there. And as a response to, you know, just the vaccine misinformation out there, it's sad. I feel like we are at a, a crippling moment in our country's development and leadership and our strength of unity as a as a country we just feel really fragmented right now and it it, it's obviously reflected in the nba and and i don't know how we get past that other than figuring out some way to put this virus behind us but it's really hard to do that when people won't take basic steps to prevent uh, to protect themselves i don't know i i feel like i just went on a 20 minute rant but <laughs> no, it's 
you had to get on the soapbox and I did and drop the drop the hammer, you know. Yeah, and honestly, I NBA teams that are fully vaccinated are have a competitive advantage over ones that aren't. Right, right. No, I mean that's frankly that's the big thing that I've heard. That's definitely the angle that I've heard. Like especially as it surrounds the NFL about how the NFL was approaching like roster constructions and. Urban Meyer even got in trouble for saying that they were considering vaccine status, vaccination status as a, not as a qualification, but like as a, if, as a differentiator. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. No, and the company I work for is the same way that that's part of the quote unquote vaccine expectation that we have. They haven't said this explicitly, but my reading between the lines is, Hey, if there's two people up for the same position, and one of them is somebody that is refusing to get vaccinated. And this person has to travel all the time for this position or all these other things. We're, we're going to go with the person that's vaccinated. I empathize with people who feel as if their freedoms are being abridged. But the other side of that is that we, we live in a country. We live in a society. If you don't want to live in a society, go live in a cabin in the woods in Alaska. Otherwise, do what you need to do to participate in a society. You know, these things are safe and they're a hell of a lot safer than getting the virus itself. Yeah, anyway. that's what gets me is that what I the, the whole thing that gets me. Well, I guess there's two comments I'd have on the matter, which would be one. The, the mandate thing always gets me because like there was mandates prior to the COVID. Man. Oh. I remember I had to get vaccinations just to live in dorm housing in Texas. Republican ass Texas, you know, had vaccine mandates prior to living. You couldn't uh, live in a dorm that was receiving state funding, you know, unless you were vaccinated. So to be a part of George Washington's army, you had to get inoculated against smallpox. Oh, I didn't know. You know that, yeah, that's part of a lot of people <laughs> uh, say inoculation helped win the American Revolution. So, yeah. So I just find the whining about it now disingenuous or in. Yeah, because now they are whining to whine. Yeah. Now they're concerned about it. Well, you know, if you were really concerned about it, you wouldn't have let it happen in the first. So now the state of Florida is looking at removing mumps and measles vaccine requirements. Yeah, I know. We'll show you. (laughs) Yeah. Die and on the libs. And and I don't want to make this a political podcast. I, you know, we've we've steered away from politics a lot on this podcast, but. It's the difference between a functioning society and a fragmented society that's falling apart. Yeah, well, well the big question I wonder is, so, I mean, do you think he's going to play? Like, Who, Kyrie? No, I think he's going to try and get out of pay, playing, and I think Kyrie wants to get paid but doesn't want to play. You know, I think that's exactly what Kyrie wants. Kyrie wants a sign-and-retire contract. I don't think he has any desire to actually play basketball, but he still likes having money, as most of us do. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and the funny thing is he has a, he had a great season last year. And when he wants to play basketball, he's really good at it. But he has a hard time staying healthy. It clearly isn't his top focus. He's clearly a giant pain in the butt, but he's a super talented pain in the butt. So, you know, he, he thinks of himself as some kind of eccentric genius. And it's just kind of exhausting at times. Yeah, but he hit the shot. 
So he did. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk more about it after the break. Welcome back to Cavs the podcast. So yeah, that was heavy. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, you know, on to on to things to look forward to. I guess you got anything to pitch this week, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. The, you had mentioned it before, and now the trailer has dropped for Netflix is apparently producing The Sandman. Yeah. So uh, Netflix hopefully is going to do a good job with it. I bet they – it seems like they dumped a lot of money into it. So. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming out this fall. Yeah, yeah. You know, we got Wheel of Times coming out on uh, Amazon. We've got – Dune, the new Dune's coming out in October. You know, I think we talked about the David Lynch Dune a couple weeks ago, which was a seminal part of my childhood. My dad loved that. Oh my god, my dad loved that movie. We watched it so many times. Really? And it's your dad. Okay, so it's very weird. It's a very weird movie. That's crazy. So, what did he love about? Like, my dad loves sci-fi. I love sci-fi. So we're both. I mean, my dad is a huge Star Wars fan. Was a huge Star Wars fan. These new movies are like, mm. but I, I liked The Force Awakens and hated the other two. But I liked uh, Rogue One and I liked Solo. So, but yeah, I'm excited about. There's a couple new shows coming up on Apple TV. There's a show called Foundation, which is like the at the galaxy, a galaxy level civilization is is collapsing. Seems to be the premise. And then there's another. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and there's another show called Invasion coming up on Apple TV. So Apple TV, a lot of good stuff. They it feels like, and I think Apple TV is also doing Dan Brown's Lost Symbol, aren't they? Uh, well, that that, that isn't a plus in my book, but <laughs> <laughs> although, yeah, I think they are because uh, you know, and it's funny. I watched Ted Lasso in one of the recent. Ted Lasso, he's, of course, reading the Da Vinci Codes. Oh, is he? <laughs> <laughs> or one of the characters. Roy Kent is reading the Da Vinci oh, Code. I never read the books, so. but I enjoyed the movies. Well, oh, the, I'd, I'd heard Lost Symbol was supposed to be the best book. So, Oh, okay. Well, and there's a new movie coming out, a new Tom Hanks movie coming out on Apple TV. And it's kind of like uh, Castaway meets Wally. <laughs> is uh, He's a guy in a post-apocalyptic and he builds his own robot because he's lonely and he has a dog and a robot and he has no to get away from the yeah no that, this is the this is the premise like it is it's Castaway meets Wally uh, it looks entertaining though so there's a lot of stuff coming out I, did you see are you a Wheel of Time guy no no I had no idea what you right. I, I, oh okay Google it yeah so that's a famous famous probably before Game of Thrones was the most famous fantasy novel series outside of Lord of the Rings, um, which, of course, is also coming to Amazon. I'm almost wondering if they're just going to reuse the sets from Wheel of Time for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's called Lord of the Rings they're calling it or whether they're calling it uh, Middle Earth, but uh, there's a whole Tolkien series coming to uh, Amazon, but I don't have a release date on that one. So there's a ton of stuff to look forward to this fall for sure. Yeah, that, oh man, you had all of them, man. It yeah, like you, you, you got the whole roster. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you seen uh, Good Omens? No, oh no, I haven't, but I've heard of it. It's uh, that's so another Neil Gaiman based on a novel yeah, yeah, that he yeah. did. 
uh, was it, it based on Sandman as well? No, no, it's based on Good Omens, a novel he did. Oh, okay, okay. It's it's a fantastic series. I'm trying to remember who's in it, but yeah, it's really well done. It's Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman wrote the novel, and then David Tennant and Michael Sheen uh, star in the series, and Francis McDormand's in it. Um, and it was just renewed. It was renewed for a second season, so they're producing the second season now. And of course, the uh, first season only covers the novel, so this is all new material in the new season. You know, one of the best castings in the show is John Hamm plays the Archangel Gabriel, and um, he's a big giant blowhard, and just like completely fake, and it's super funny in the show, but um, Michael Sheen's great in it, as is uh, David Tennant, so it's a really entertaining show. I I didn't love the end of it, but it was it was still really well done. Okay. I, I so if you're a Neil Gaiman fan, that's definitely yeah, worth I, watching. I haven't binged so. in a long time. It's it's been yeah. a while since I've binged. So yeah, that guy's got a lot going on right now. So there you go. I I love it. You know, I love it. So I was a huge like I said, I've been a huge fan of Lucifer. I still haven't plowed my way through that, but I'm super excited about that still. So yep. Did I tell you about the Velocipaster? No, what's that? Oh, so the Velocipaster is one of the great movies on Amazon Prime. And let me read you the premise here because it is fantastic. The premise of the Velocipaster, after losing his parents, a priest travels to China where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. At first horrified by this new power, a hooker convinces him to use it to fight crime and ninjas. (laughs) Wow. wow. And it is just, <laughs> it is B-movie glory. It is obviously very tongue-in-cheek, very uh, aware of its own shortcomings. One of the uh, funny scenes is early in the movie, there is a car bomb. That's how his parents die. And just the car disappears and just the words on the screen appear that say, visual effects, car on fire. <laughs> No way. Yeah, oh it's God, so fantastic. Great. That is great. Yeah, I and and the raptor suit is basically an inflatable dinosaur costume. Oh, my so, God. It is oh so great. Oh so God. you will enjoy it immensely if you enjoy bad movies. So wow. check out wow. the Velocipaster. And, I, and check out Media Day for the Cavs tomorrow. That's right. And Training camp opening next week. Lots of exciting things. Maybe uh, I know next week uh, Ben Simmons will be a Cavalier or a Minnesota Timberwolf or a Sacramento King. You know, there's all sorts of things that could happen. So pretty exciting stuff. And we'll be there to talk about it. You know, coming up on our next podcast, hopefully we'll have some uh, division previews, maybe some over-unders. And as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Lost your home. And we're out.